Good evening, church family. Thank you for bearing with us in our technical difficulties. And thank you for joining us for our first ever online Christian education class or Bible study. As you know, things look a little different for us as uh, churches right now, but during this state of emergency, that shouldn't stop us from maintaining community and sharing the word. So for anyone who is new, this is Pastor Riley and I am Gavin and we will be your discussion hosts for tonight. For most of us, this will be an entirely new experience. So I want to take a few minutes and explain how this works and give others some chance to tune in. So on your screen, if you're tuned into our live, there should be a space for you to put in your comments. So please use this to comment, to add your point of view to the discussion or to ask questions. We will try to promptly answer the questions in the video and everyone feel free to comment as much as you want and to reply to each other as well. So anyone who is here listening right now, you can say hi in the chat so we know everybody who's all here and watching. Second, this is a live event. So discussions you hear and the comments you see are in real time, minus any lag in your internet connection. After the stream is over, the comments will remain open if you want to have additional discussions or questions for each other. We are also recording this discussion so we can hopefully post the audio and you can listen to it later as a podcast in case you miss this live stream. So with that, let's continue our journey through Max Lucado's book, Life Lessons with John, and I'll hand it over to Pastor Riley. Good evening, brothers and sisters. Welcome to our first uh, Christian education online broadcast. I trust that we will have a good time with the Lord. We are going in lesson seven. <laughs> and so we want to begin with a word of a prayer. So please bow with me out there in internet land. Father, we thank you, O oh God, and we bless your holy name because you are God. And Father, we seek after you. God, you have all the instructions that we need, O oh God, to live right in this land. Father, as we dig in your words, open our minds, our understanding. Lord, let your words speak to us. Let us be able to apply them to our lives as we understand them, Lord, that we'll be better citizens in the kingdom of God, that Father in heaven will be able to show forth your praise in a greater measure. We give your praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So our topic for this evening, uh, a man born blind. And uh, I want to look at... Uh, the reflection and I will read it according to Max Lucado it reads like this we all are born with disabilities whether we are physical emotional or spiritual ones the hard part is admitting this and letting God use them think about your personal strengths and weaknesses how has God worked through your weaknesses for his glory this is for us to really think about and reflect on. Let's look at situation. 
As Jesus traveled with his disciples, they came. They came upon a man who had been blind from birth. The encounter sparked a theological question from the disciples, but then quickly escalated into a major confrontation about the rules of the Sabbath. Jesus used the episode to reveal how we develop a distorted view of God when we limit his actions or inflate his commandments. So for observation, we want to read uh, John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 12. I'll read the New International Version section. So follow with me. Beginning at verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. Nice. So we look at some questions. In our exploration question on page page what? 56 page 56 mm-hmm. okay uh, first question what assumption did Jesus Jesus's followers make about this man's blindness I think like a lot of people we hear these days that they assume his dire situation was caused by his his own situation by his own sin, his own misconduct, and assumedly that God was punishing him. That's that was their conclusion. Mm. It's just like we would ask our our children would ask us, Mom, Dad, why? Why is this? Why is that? But it's so easy to jump to the wrong conclusion. It must be something that his parents had done. That's why he was born this way. What do you think out there?
one of our comments says they assumed it was because he sinned. Hmm. Hmm. How many times we pass the same judgment though? We see something not looking right in someone, the way they are uh, they are built, the height, the weight, the whether they are lame in one leg or not, and we come to the conclusion he must have done something specially wrong for God's anger to be poured out that way. You know, but I wonder what Jesus said. Well, I, I think he really shook them when he answered them and said, neither this man nor his parents. Mm -hmm. I think we're really good at making up explanations to make us feel comfortable right. with whatever is happening. But clearly, clearly Jesus was trying to point out, you know, see beyond what your natural eyes are seeing. His answer to the to the disciples was more on the line of, you know, neither of them, but it's for the glory of God, hinting at a special event uh, that would take place because he as the light of the world is now here and they would be able to witness God's miraculous power. Another one of our comments says, it's according to the scripture, it's for the work of God to be manifested. Mm -hmm. And that's a good point because sometimes we assume uh, God's perfect will is that nothing happens to anybody at any time. Right. But Jesus really said that this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Mm -hmm. So it makes you wonder how often do we misjudge or misinterpret Mm -hmm. our situations and depending on how God sees it versus how we see it. And if we see it as a, as a detriment, then our, our reaction to it or our attitude towards it might be of, uh, in a way of despising it or feeling shortchanged. I am not as capable or are not as able as the other person but clearly there can be uh, some flaws as we might perceive them in us that God intends our plan to use to his glory and his purpose remember he is our creator I feel like I have to take a minute and play devil's advocate because I think this is actually very relevant to what's happening today. Mm -hmm. Is it because the world, the nations of the world sinned? Why this coronavirus broke out? <laughs> is it any person's or any group of people's fault that we're in this situation that has literally brought the globe to its knees? Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I even heard in in uh, some of our of the Christian world, as it would say, is because of the sin of a certain group of people. Then God is punishing us. I believe 
when we make statements like those, we are forgetting that Jesus Christ came and died as a savior for the whole world while, while the whole world was still in sin. He still, uh, through the plan of his Father in heaven, saw it fit to come and die on the cross for a world that was a bunch of sinners. So if punishment was going to happen in that way, you know, that was a perfect time, I would think. But he's still the Savior of the world. Grace still exists. Amen. Grace still exists. And I believe, according to the scripture, it says it's not his will that any should perish. Amen. But that we would all come to repentance. So I believe we got to weigh our words carefully and be more reflective and try to line up with what the will of God is. You know, and say less. <laughs> I think I agree. Uh, another one of our comments, questions. They say, this is a hard question. A lot of people seem to think uh, that God would punish us with pandemics. So even though we just said that, uh, you know, it is God's will that none would perish. Mm -hmm. There is still a prevailing belief mm -hmm. that this can only be punishment. It can only be, be a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But we also have the option here that it's an opportunity for Christians to show how effective Christ is. Amen. Which is, I would say, more in line with what... Jesus said in the scriptures here, so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Amen. And even at a time where, where many, it would seem hopeless, many are scared, you know, uh, full of fear and don't even want to be neighborly anymore. And mind you, you know, we are respectful of the, of the rules and regulations that are laid down. We believe we should play our part. We are citizens here. And we care for our fellow man. But at the same time, we do know that God is able. We do know uh, where our hope lies. And so, even in the midst of something like this, God's power can be shown. God's plan can be shown. A world that might not think there's a God or believe there is a God can now see the power of God of work. This is where we as children of God, understanding that Christ is in the boat, therefore we have no reason to fear. Amen. Amen. Uh, one more question here, maybe. The funny, I, I, I've heard a statement made, God help those, God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> and it sounds very scriptural and we, we have searched the scriptures and I for one couldn't find anything like that. But when we look at question four, the question asks, how did Jesus involve the blind man in the healing process? What? Interesting. Jesus involved the very person who is going to be healed in the healing process. How? He has to take some responsibility. Part of it is his task. 
take to say if he believe if Jesus say go, he could be questioning why do I have to go or you know you said you were gonna heal me so heal me why I have to go watch in the pool. Mm. Maybe one of the questions we should ask before we even get there. Do you believe that we should be involved in the process that we are seeking God to relieve us from? <laughs> or just wait on God to blow on us, stretch forth his hand, and just take care of it? I believe this is a way of bringing out our faith. Because if you don't believe, you will not act. If the blind man did not believe what Jesus said, he would not have moved. He's got to have some form of belief, I think, for him to make a step to do what Jesus said. I agree. We even have a comment from David here. If you remember the scripture, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray... I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Amen. So even in the Old Testament, there is a, a level of responsibility on us, a part we also have to play mm -hmm. in, in the work that Jesus wants to do in our lives. I don't think it ever is, we should assume that it's going to be one-sided or handout only. I mean, he's God, he can do anything the, the way he wants, but I think we should expect to put something in yeah, put some skin in it too, yeah. Because when, when you do believe in him and you trust him, your obedience has got to be evident. We go back to where Mary, the mother of Jesus, at the, at the feast in Cana. Mm -hmm. You know, when they ran out, of, ran out of wine, the mother went to Jesus and, you know, and Jesus wasn't ready. But Mary believed in him so much that she told the servants whatever he tells you to do. She wasn't thinking a particular thing. She left it up to him. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. We should apply the same thing to our lives today. Whatever Jesus said to do in his scriptures, in his word, we should do it. And then we have another comment here. And just like the three Hebrew boys, even if he doesn't, we should still obey. Praise Amen. the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's still God. He is still God. Amen. But I like that we should do whatever he says. I think sometimes we take that to mean we should do whatever we think we should do. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference in doing what we want and what God wants. Amen. So he told him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, whereas he wanted to do something more complicated, more ex exuberant. Like he wanted to something made him feel like I don't know. Maybe it was his own power. I don't know. He wanted something different, mm -hmm. but he didn't get what he was looking for until he did what he was told. That's right. And uh, I did a little bit of research because. It, it, I'm intrigued that Jesus took this method to heal this man. Uh, according to the scripture, he spat on the ground, made some mud. We know what mud is. 
you know, as kids we played in that stuff and mom or dad would get upset when we get dirty. But Jesus stooped down in the dirt and he made some clay and he put it on the man's eyes. That would seem kind of crazy. As a matter of fact, in our time, we might think it's kind of gross. Yeah, you're not going to spit in anything and put it in my eyes. No, no, thank you. You know, especially when the healing hasn't happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I dug a little bit. Why? This was my question. Why did he spit on the ground and made clay? And uh, in my research, according to the NLT notes and, you know, a little extra info in there, they said saliva in the New Testament was considered to be a medical thing. Mm. They believed they were healing virtues. So if you think back, you know, you Jamaican born out there, you think back, there are a lot of things, even here, there are a lot of things that happen the quickest thing, they tip a bit of saliva and put it on it. Don't tell me I'm grossing you out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I remember our kids getting, oh, you got a boo-boo, let me kiss it. Or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, where there's no water, they would go towards that. Don't do that now because of COVID. But, <laughs> you know, think about it. When I saw that, I said, that makes some sense. But then he turned around and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And so I was also intrigued with Siloam. Why Siloam? So I learned that Siloam uh, was a pool that seemed to be supplied by uh, some tunnels that King Hezekiah, way back in the Old Testament, dug. And, and according to the scripture, it was called sent. And isn't it intriguing that he was sent to the pool of Siloam? He obeyed and came seeing. Hmm. Amazing. That's, that's true. And you could think of it in another way, too. Uh, one of our comments says, he was blind, mm-hmm. so he didn't necessarily see <laughs> that he was spitting in the ground. I mean, maybe that worked to his benefit. Amen. 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 So maybe, maybe, maybe that's a message to us. <laughs> you know, don't pay so much attention to the method. Just put your trust in the person behind the healing, behind the deliverance, behind your miracle worker. Don't get hung up and the methods he used. Mm-hmm. I agree. Amen. Uh, question six, I believe we should take a look at because I believe it's very relevant to us. How did the people of the town respond to the miracle? How many times something God has blessed us or others and in ways that others around them did not expect but instead of rejoicing with them you know their reaction seemed to take on the same route as these guys back in the days of the of the blind man 
you know, some were cheering for him. Yeah. There were others. I don't think it's him. There's no <laughs> way that blind man would be able to see. Or the beggar. Or the beggar. And, and there are those others who wants to know, okay, you know, exactly who it was. Exactly what did he do? What time and which day did he do that? Because, not because they want to record it, but because they're looking for flaws in the conversation. That's, that's true. I think they all knew who this person was. They seen him all these times. And so why are they asking now? Is this really the man? They know very well. Yeah. They, they all recognized him, I'm sure. Right. So what is the purpose of them questioning if he's the same person right now? But some of them seem not to be sure because they say it's all, it only looked like him. So because he didn't have the characteristic uh, flaw, it's almost like they didn't identify him as the same person anymore. They literally identified him by his infirmity, and that was how they, they saw him and his identity. All of a sudden, you take away that infirmity... Mm. They they had issue identifying him. So he's no more the blind man. Exactly. He is not blind anymore. <laughs> oh man, that's interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. A lot of times in in our environment, in our society, even us for ourselves, we label people by what we see. Oh. You know, there are those who label us by what they see, you know, uh, maybe except for our parents, we are the, the best, the nicest, cutest kid, but there are others who would look at your kid and go, oh my, you know, that person locked out, you know, that, that, that kid, I, you know, why that kid looks like that. But all in all, they, they, you tend to label by what you see. Now, in our Christian realm, because God has washed us and cleansed us, because we understand who the Creator is, because we understand that we are not our own, labeling should not be a part of our lifestyle anymore. Amen. We should see each other, each one, as a child created by Almighty God. Even when they're still in sin even when they don't know who god is remember we were sinners before he found us amen amen and that's why i think it's such a big deal when we uh when god says i have taken away your sin and now you are children of god you have a whole new identity in christ mm -hmm. so you shake off all those other things you used to call yourself oh i'm just a a bad father or uh, I'm only only this good and we, we take off all those things and we say you know we are children of God I am Amen. loved by the father Amen. I am more than a conqueror I am an overcomer I am his handiwork his mm -hmm. his workmanship and take on something deeper for our identity not just our situation or the lies that people have told us before mm-hmm mm-hmm God has redeemed us. 
because he has redeemed us. He has called us his own, his friends. We each are special, not above any other, but we are special in God's sight. And we should treat ourselves as such. It's a difference between egotism and boastfulness and pride. Is accepting the work that God has done in us and is doing in us. Yeah. As his handiwork. You know, understanding that it's only one name that was given under heaven whereby we can be saved. And to be able to come confessing our sins and have him forgive us, wash our sins away. And we become new creatures in him. We shouldn't be looking down on ourselves. We shouldn't be puffed up. No. And think of, of ourselves more than we should. But at the same time, if you understand the work that God has done in you, then a lot of times we will behave as such. Somebody saved by grace, salvaged from the destructive part of sin. And now we live with a hope in Christ, looking for that great and blessed day. Amen. Amen. And we also have to, like our comments are saying, God sees us more than we see ourselves. We have to trust and believe that he sees more value in us than mm -hmm. what other people are seeing or what we even see for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are valued and loved by God. Amen. You know, we can't continue to label ourselves by, by those menial things. He's, he's given us a much greater identity and destiny. Amen. Because, you know... The way we label ourselves, we tend to behave that way. Absolutely. So even in the service of the Lord, uh, the world of I can't can hinder us from doing anything in the body of Christ. Anything in the service of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But if we join with Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. You, you did not know you could live this life. <laughs> Until Christ turned our lives around. Yeah, exactly. Just the same, if God calls you to do something, you seek him, seek the mythology, but put your trust in him and step out by faith. Amen, I love Amen. it. Inspiration. You know, since you have your books with you, you know, I don't want to read all of it. Uh, you would have read that, but there, there's a point in the paragraph that said, once again, the mundane, you know, my page number might be different from yours. 57 for those of you who have the book. Page 57. Okay. And the, the paragraph all the way down. Once again, the mundane became majestic. Once again, the dull became divine, the humdrum holy. Once again, God's power was seen, not through the ability of the instrument, but through its availability. Oh, Praise that's the so Lord. good. That's very good. Praise the Lord. So the hindrance is not the flaws in us. It's us not making room for Christ. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Lord, help us. Blessed are the meek, Jesus said. Blessed are the available. Blessed are the conduits. And these are 
lines that Max is adding in that could be used. Blessed are the conduits, the tunnels, the tools. Deliriously joyful are the ones who believe that if God has used sticks, rocks, and spit to do his will, then he can surely use us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Ah, another question. What do you learn from, resp from responses of the blind man and the townspeople to Jesus? Now he's under the scrutiny. What do we learn from him? I identify with him so much. And just that... You know, sometimes we think... We don't deserve anything better mm -hmm. and then something comes along and maybe it raises our hope just a little bit mm -hmm. or there's a little bit of an expectation but because we don't want our hopes raised too high we don't take hold of the opportunities that come our way mm -hmm. i mean the way that he just he didn't protest like a lot of the other people did mm -hmm. he just he did what jesus told him to do and he went and he got his healing from it. I want to be more like him. And when the opportunity comes, and when hope rises, I want to take mm -hmm. hold of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I want to be more like, uh, like this blind man and just, just do it. Just go. Amen. It's, it's like having your testimony. God has done something for you. But others will try to tell you it did not happen to you. You are the one, you are the evidence, you experience it. So you know exactly what God has done for you. Many times we will talk about, you know, oh, you know, I was, I was down, I was hurt, I was, or I was sick. And, you know, they prayed for me and I'm healed. And you will tell that to some people, even Christians, and they will tell you, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. You must have taken something you know, it's just a coincidence or it wore off. You've got to know what God has done for you and stand on those beliefs. The blind man, even though they were trying to convince him, he could have, you know, given in and go, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it just happened that now I can see. But he stood by what he had experienced because he knew he was blind. He knew before he couldn't see and now he can see. Amen. Our testimony should be just as sure. Even though it is, at times it's more spiritual, we must stand on our assurance that God has done a work in your life. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Yeah, confirm it with your mouth. You know, be convinced in, your, in yourself. You know what, I was here, but God brought me here. And yeah. don't be afraid to tell other people about That's it. That's right. Being justified by faith. We have peace with God, according to the scripture. So let's learn from the blind man. Testify about God. Talk about his goodness. There is no other name under heaven whereby we can be saved but through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. How about uh, question nine? 
When have you seen a person's weakness or disability used for God's glory? Have that ever happened to you? Have you ever seen uh, anyone that been used that way? Hmm. Well, the previous story, that woman became a, uh, spreading the news for Jesus. That story we did before. Although, you mean the woman at the well? The woman at the well. That's very Amen. true. She Amen. was in a position of weakness. Mm -hmm. Amen. And she was a became a witness. <laughs> From weakness to witness. Yes. There you go. You can tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> weakness to witness. Oh, man. Amen. Yeah, that's an, a great example. It was because of her point of weakness. That's right. That God was able to use her. And, Amen. And... You know, kind of like this man. She just, she just went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she interrogated him, but in the end, she she took off to go tell people. Because the bottom line, Jesus said, "Go." And <laughs> she went. You know, she went, even though she was uh, the outcast of society. You know, given over or labeled as such by her weakness. You know, Jesus saw something else in her said go she went you know even for ourselves oh many times i've i've been in services where you know you know you have those in church in the body that you would say you will not get that person up front you can't get this person to do that and then the holy spirit get a hold of them and the very person you thought would never stand up in front of the congregation and utter a word the Holy Ghost anointing power in them, and they get up and say lots. Mm -hmm. That causes us to sit back and go, we know that person was not doing it of themselves. The power of God was on them. Mm -hmm. and, and I know, I heard somewhere where it is said, might be even scripture, God uses the basis of things you know, to show forth his work and his praise because then he shuts a lot of mouth <laughs> because you know it must be an intervention from God. So don't let your weaknesses or the flaws that you see, don't think it's a hindrance. In, in, in God's hands, it's mighty. Absolutely. It's mighty. As our comments say, Use your weakness to worship God, and through that, your soul can be blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think it's something we need to work on, to just go. You know? <laughs> Too many times we just sit and we wait and we question. Yes. Here we have two good examples of people who just went and did what God said. I, I want to work on that for myself, to just go. Just do it. God said go. Go. No questions asked. No hesitation. Just go and go with enthusiasm. <laughs> Amen. I like that. I like that. I would love to have more just goes in our church. Amen. Oh, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Lord, help us that we have more just do it doers in church. Amen. Here's a provo provocative question. 
How do you need to change your attitude towards your personal weaknesses and strengths? I hate these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Time to reflect. Question is, do you know weaknesses that you have? Do you know your strengths? And if you do, how do you view them? I encourage our viewers to also comment how you might feel you need to change your attitude towards personal weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I know I, I don't like even having them. I do everything in my power to eliminate them as much as it depends on me. Mm -hmm. I, uh, that might just be a, a personal thing or how I saw things or learned things growing up, but I don't like having weaknesses. But that's not very Christ-like of me to think. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible does says, in my weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Amen. His strength works best in weakness. Amen. Amen. Because if, if we don't have those, then we become all sufficient to ourselves. Because question 12 is pretty much backing that up. Why does God choose to use weaknesses and problems to bring glory to himself? It's where you can definitely rule out your own strength and your own power. That you come to the conclusion, it's only God Almighty brought me through this. Mm -hmm. Because you know there's no way you could have done it. So gets, guess who gets the glory? God gets the glory. But if it's borderline, you know, God just beat me to it. I, 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 <laughs> I was going to do it, but since he helped me out, hey man, that's good. Hey man, you know, I could have taken care of it, you know, but it was just a little bit early. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. But when we come to the conclusion, no man, God, if you don't help me, what the song says, unless thou help me, I must die. Your back is against the wall. You can only look to God. You can only cry out to Him. And then God comes through and intervenes. Oh man, why wouldn't we give Him glory? God, I know it was only you because there's no way I could have done it. Hmm. Oh man, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, if He doesn't come through in ways that we weren't able to overcome in our own strength, mm -hmm. We might be like those townspeople for our own situations mm -hmm. and be like, well, maybe it wasn't really an issue. Maybe it really wasn't God. Because mm -hmm. that's what they were trying to tell this man after he was healed. Mm. And, you know, un unless we have that irrefutable proof that, you know what, this was definitely God. Amen. We might sabotage our own testimony. You know, I see... I see Sister Barbara says, the writer says, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, over mountain or plains or sea. Praise the Lord, Sister Barbara. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We have other comments saying, weaknesses stress them out. And I, I agree with that one. Mm -hmm. Others saying, learning to trust God more and releasing control over oh. everything. Do we have any controllers? Any? I got to take control of situations That's out me. there? A hundred percent. Lord, leave it. Bless me, but leave it in my hands. 
man. No. Oh, man. It's hard. It's hard. And I don't know how this man was able to completely uh, get over that and in doing so find strength he never had, but I admire him for it. Mm. Oh, yes. If only we could learn to be like this man that was born blind and Jesus made him to see. Even in our spiritual life, uh, we could be blind, but he can make us see. He is our light. He is the one that will guide us and bring us out into where he wants us, wants us to be. So what lessons are we gaining from this? <laughs> I mean, we could also learn to just not hide our weaknesses, but take them to God open up about that because I mean clearly God likes to use he's able to use our weaknesses and he's able to do something mighty out of places where we wouldn't be able to so I mean for me that's one thing I could work on is instead of hiding and shying away from those areas of my life that I know that I'm weak or less than stellar Amen. opening up about those to God Letting him into those places that I don't want him to get into and letting him use those areas in my life for whatever plans he has. Amen. I also believe, like as a church, we got to be careful how we look at weaknesses in others as well. We can uh, categorize or kind of place people in different cliques because of the weaknesses we see. <laughs> oh, yeah. But any weakness in a believer is just like tools for God to use. We go back to the, 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 the scripture that states that God places in the body such as please Him. Now, when we, we look at our brothers and sisters weakness and see it as a detriment not so much that we want to help them but we would rather get rid of them oh lord help me i can't believe i just said that because they just don't fit in consider that we did not save ourselves either mm -hmm. and the same god that saves us the same God that uses our weaknesses, the same God is looking to use that vessel that we might think is not so good. And usually the one that we think is really good, you know, no flaws, whether, whether we just can't see them or they are hidden from our eyes or we, we chose not to see them, then we are placing people in different different levels, different categories. But let us look at each other, bear each other's arms, lift each other up. Don't see it as a detriment, but sees, see it as a ministry, as a time to try and help. Help your brother if you are strong. Mm -hmm. You know, my brother might not be a good singer, but I can sing. So maybe bring singing into your brother's life. 
right? Suggestions like those. Just look at ways we can help more than look at ways to push away. Pray them up. Pray them up. Bring them in the circle. Pull them in. A lot of times they might be so self-conscious. They have been battered, beaten, growing up. You know, and so they, they are used to be on the outside. Bring them in to your circle such that they feel a part of the whole body. Yeah. Even our comments are saying every weakness is an opportunity to seek God more. Amen. That's 100% Amen. true. True, 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 true. Oh, man, some profound things coming from network land there. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the life lessons. We find it difficult to trust God when we can't figure out why he allows certain uncomfortable things to happen to us. We cannot even go past our current situation, COVID. There are a lot of people pointing blame, pointing fingers because we don't understand why would something so drastic affect the whole world. Mind you, we, you know, we practice some things that we reap the, the benefit of. But through it all, I believe that God is always in control. And we might not understand why we are going through this, but he does. It is not for us to understand, but it's for us to be true, abide, endure, trust him, and be the light in a time of chaos and darkness. Yeah, absolutely. Show hope. Show them love, Amen. as our comments are saying. Amen. And all of these good things that maybe people are missing out on right now. <laughs> and according to the author, he asks, Interestingly, we don't seem to wonder about God when he allows good things in our lives. One of the life lessons in the blind man's Experience is the reminder that no matter how long we have known Christ, amen, we will never get over the fact that he knew us long before we knew him and that we will never reach the end of discovering more about him, more about Jesus. What I would know. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You know, so before we, we wrap up, maybe I encourage you, there's a journaling part at the bottom here. You know, maybe we should do a, uh, an inventory of our weaknesses and strengths, the areas we feel that we are really lacking in. It is good to note the strengths as well, because if you dwell on the weaknesses, you might think you're just a... Uh, you know, no use to anybody. But you look at your strength and your weaknesses and see if we can view them in different light than we normally do. Mm -hmm. So if you have your books, you can join me in this devotion prior at the, at the end here on page 60. On page 60. Of the devotion prayer? Yes. Uh, 59. 59. So turn your, your books to page 59. You know, I, I'm reading it, but I want us to 
reflect on it and accept it as a prayer from our hearts. We pray, O Father, that you would increase our faith. Forgive us for doubting your ability to use us for your glory. Forgive us for demanding proof instead of simply believing in you. Use all that we have to accomplish your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So I trust that you have enjoyed this. We have tried this. You know, out of this we are learning new things. And we will be stronger and better for it. Because God will surely bring us through. Because he's God and he's able to do all that he said. We will trust him even to the very end. That is my determination. No matter what God. You are my God. Because no one would have done for me what you did for me. And therefore, why would I not praise you? Why would I not trust you? So brethren, you hold fast. Be strong. Be courageous. And like the blind man, tell your story. And be firm and assured about it. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us this evening. The chat will still be open for a few minutes. If you have any questions or answers, uh, comments that you would like to leave, please like us on Facebook. Share with anybody you think you would enjoy this. And thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. Be blessed, be that light, and have a wonderful evening. Amen.